Welcome to another episode of Doctors Without Bartavs podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Bowman. For today's episode, there is no cocktail and there's no guest. It's just me and a bottle of red wine, my producer, Adam. And I bet you're wondering what exactly is going on right now. Well, I'm recording this on June 28th, 2023. Today is my dad's birthday. He died on June 9th. Keith Bowman, my dad, was diagnosed with prostate cancer in May 2021, where the cancer had been missed and misdiagnosed until it had metastasized into his leg which then caused him to walk with a cane. Initially, the leg pain was just assumed to be a sign of old age, and it wasn't until irregular hormone levels were noticed in his blood that the doctors suspected it was cancer. Thankfully, there were some novel treatments that were available which could help suppress the spread of the prostate cancer and give him a high quality of life. He was never going to get better, but at least he was going to get treatment and live life on a regular day-to-day basis, happy and healthy. Well, I don't know the full extent of his treatment. I did actually touch on some of the treatment that was available in my first blog post on the new doc website. There was a mixture of acute chemo to help suppress the spread as well as hormone injections called LRHR agonists that controlled his testosterone levels. My initial blog post was more optimistic than the final result where I stated that he could theoretically live for up to a decade under the treatment regimen he was on. In the end, it gave him two years. During this time, he did get to see both of my brothers get married, patch up strained relationships, and enjoy a peaceful life living on the water on the Sunshine Coast. My family did know that Once the medication stopped, stopped working, the cancer would would eventually spread and kill him. But no one expected it to be this sudden. I received a text from my brother one night in early May saying that Keith was in the ER. His cancer had spread to his bladder, one of his vertebrae, and intestinal tract. This is when everything felt both incredibly real and almost surreal. We knew that this was the start of the end. We didn't know how much longer, but we knew he didn't have much longer to live. In the following weeks, he went from bad to much worse, looking like he had aged... 15 to 20 years in a span of two, three weeks. His skin became pale and sickly, 
He could barely walk or control his body and was mainly bedridden by the end of it. Everything except for his mind was falling apart. Because of this, Keith elected for medical assistance in dying, also seen as maid. He died somewhat peacefully, although given the state of him, he was in a lot of pain whenever he was awake. Near the end, he was usually sedated and pretty just mainly passed out from the opioids provided. It was a tough sight to look at, and the abnormal breathing sounds he was making near the end, asleep, still haunt me sometimes. Originally, I had another podcast in mind for today that's going to get pushed back. In fact, I even thought about maybe just not doing a podcast altogether this month. thought about giving myself a break from responsibilities and focusing on myself, giving myself some time to heal and just enjoy life. Maybe I will later, but for now, I just want to speak openly and honestly with you, the audience, and sip on some red wine to pay respects to my dad and his birthday. See, the reason I'm not doing a cocktail is because he wasn't really much of a drinker, but he did enjoy red wine. Today, I'm drinking a nice Cab Franc. I think he liked French wine, although I don't think he was all that picky but I'm kind of picky. If he was a cocktail guy, I would have absolutely made something and shared the specs with you. Well, actually, it's not 100% fair. Uh, In his last few days, he was talking about this chocolate martini that someone made for him, and he really wanted to, he really wanted to try and things like that. But, uh, Also, fuck that. I want to enjoy myself too, and I don't want a chocolate martini. If you would like to make a chocolate martini yourself, I recommend Googling it. Actually, no. I'll give you some specs on what could be a good chocolate martini. Haven't tried it myself, so I can't speak to it, but I gotta stay true to the brand here. So, what I'd recommend is one ounce of vodka. You can find some vodka from my friends at Odd Society Spirits. The East Van Vodka is a a good option for mixing. 0.5 ounces of uh, chocolate liqueur. I'd recommend something like Bottega Nero. And then 0.5 Irish cream. So Bailey's or similar. And then 0.1 ounces of Galliano vanilla liqueur. Place all these in a shaker and mix with ice, shake hard, strain into your martini glass. Now, if you wanted to ask maybe like a little floral aspect or cut it a little bit, you could rinse the martini glass with Lillet, which is a French liqueur beforehand. All right. So if I'm not making cocktails and I'm not talking about healthcare or talking with a healthcare worker, 
What am I even doing? Uh, to be honest, I, I don't even know 100% where I'm going with this. I would like to talk about my personal experience with medically assisted death, maybe a bit about my relationship with my dad, and talk a tiny bit about cancer. Although, I don't really know where this is going to go. This episode could run for an hour, it could run for two minutes. It really depends on what I can go with this. I have some script that's written up, but honestly, it was mostly free thought, so I, I don't even know if I'm gonna if I'm gonna go by it. Um, I'm also not a doctor or a medical professional, so I can't really talk about things from a professional level only on a personal experience. I would like to talk about the basics here, though. Medical assistance in dying made. It, it's been legal in Canada for quite some time now. Having been originally legalized in 2016 with expanded circumstances in 2021, MAID has been a hot-button issue for a lot of years now, as there was many ethical questions around it and one's right to choose how they die versus there's the religious aspects which consider all form of suicide a sin now i'm not a religious person by any means i grew up in a fairly liberal medically knowledgeable household with two parents who were doctors so this was never really a question for me I have always supported medically assisted death. I think that everyone should have the right to choose how they die. And keeping someone who's suffering alive just for the sake of it is selfish, unethical, and can even be cruel. While I respect others' religious beliefs, I'm a firm believer that religion should have no place in medical legislation or any legislation for that matter. Should there be preventative measures to not abuse the use of MAID? Sure, of course. And in Canada, that is the case. There are also exceptions to the rule. That's always going to be. That's always going to be something and should not be used as the main argument towards something. Just with everything, like... We should have the right to choose. So, yeah, you should have the right to choose whether or not you have an abortion. You should have the right to choose whether or not you can die. It's something that I find almost infuriating at times that there's people who are pushing against this. Hell, you know what? You can have the right to choose whether or not you want to have a vaccine. I don't care. You're right. You have the right to choose. It's your body, your autonomy. It's partly why listening and reading to some conservative news and politics can be so disheartening as it's some of the most blatantly hypocritical bullshit that you'll ever see. Overturning Roe v. Wade, painting medically assisted death as a massive sin, abortion should be illegal, trying to control what you can do with your body, 
as the party of small government and pro-personal liberties? It's a fucking joke. The only small government that they want right now is for unchecked power for large corporations and for Christian groups. Yeah, that's that's it. And it's funny because, ironically, you would think that an all-loving God would be in huge support of made to exist as an option. Jesus Christ would absolutely be someone who is for ending one's suffering. But unfortunately, religion is being used as an excuse to control people and to profit from them. And the American medical insurance companies are probably also lobbying against this to keep people alive so that they can bill you for treating your dying loved ones. The thing is, like, I don't hate capitalism or disavow religion altogether. I think they genuinely have some good in society in their main basis. I'm against the hypocrisy of these large organizations and how far we've strayed from the initial purposes. Religion did bring groups together and helped us try to understand what was previously unknown. It created communities. It created laws. It it genuinely helped people at the beginning. Capitalism, again, it wasn't a bad concept. The invisible hand. But the thing is, capitalism like communism, it works as a concept. But what we're seeing with the major corporations and wealth disparity is not any different than watching the Soviets control everything while the rest of the citizens suffer. Both cases are just powerful groups wanting to keep all the power and wealth for themselves and impose these views on the masses. I mean... I'm looking at what's happening with some Christian-led hospitals in Vancouver where the doctors and the nurses are in full support of these programs, but the hospitals are run by a group called Providence Health. Ooh, Providence Health, if you ban me, whatever, that's fine. Congrats. Um, They even though it's part of our legislature, will refuse abortions and refuse medically assisted death in hospitals that they run. And it's been a thing recently where someone was getting prepped for medically assisted death at St. Paul's Hospital, and it wasn't allowed. The doctors were for it, but they actually had to just get sent away due to religious concerns. Which to me is insane because in Canada, the Catholic groups who own these hospitals don't actually put any money towards them. It's completely taxpayer funded. And I'm sorry, you don't get a say if you don't pay. <laughs> eh, 
I know it's going to Supreme Court and it's eventually going to get overturned. I hope it's going to get overturned because I feel, I genuinely feel for these people who are on palliative care and these women who can't get abortions at these specific hospitals, which are in some areas the main hospitals for the, the city or the town. St. Paul's is right in the middle of downtown Vancouver, for God's sake. But yeah, it's just... Honestly, I I don't want to have a whole conversation about just bashing on religion, but it does feel, or capitalism for that matter, but then let's be real, we're not in real capitalism. We're in late-stage capitalism right now. Yeah, it's fun being a little bit more unhinged when you care a little bit less about what you're saying. All they really care about is money and power. They don't care about you. They don't care about God. God's an excuse for them. And same goes with a good portion of political groups. They're in someone's fucking pocket. <laughs> this is not a conspiracy podcast whatsoever, but this isn't what my normal podcast is. So, you know what? Sue me. In the truest form, organized religion and capitalism should be supportive of one's right to choose how one dies. And I think that to some degree, we all know this. So while made is culturally controversial, it shouldn't be. And I really do hope that more countries progress and legalize it for all citizens. Right now, there are currently 11 countries that it is legalized nationwide. Those are Canada, Switzerland, Luxembourg, Germany, Austria, the Netherlands, Belgium, Spain, and Portugal. Oh, sorry. And New Zealand and Australia as well. And I believe there's a few American states that have legalized it as well. Uh, you can probably take a guess on which ones those are. So we are getting there. The world is changing for the better in many areas. So on that topic of how we're changing, like my grandpa was a doctor. There was no option for him for medically assisted death or for his patients or abortion for that matter for, for the majority of his career. He and other doctors believed in it. But the government didn't. <laughs> My grandpa used to store a vial of heroin in a safe should he ever lose himself to dementia, Parkinson's, terminal illness, cancer, whatever. Something that wasn't treatable and was going to destroy his life. Because he knew. He knew that that is a fate much worse than death. In a cruel bit of irony... Uh, he suffered a stroke in his 80s, survived it, but it destroyed his brain and left him as an empty shell of a person. His living will hadn't been updated, so there's no option for made should it had, should it had been legalized in the, the coming years. All we could really do was put him on a do not resuscitate list, and that was it. His body stayed alive from 2012 until 2018. But he had been gone since the day of the stroke. 
I still consider that day the day that he died because what is being alive if you aren't you? Now, in the case of my dad, luckily he was still competent before he died. He got the chance to choose how he went out. The process involved an initial assessment followed by two doctors signing off on it before choosing a date. We all got to speak with him. We all got to say our goodbyes. And weeks before the eventual death date, it was, while it was incredibly sad and a difficult period, it all gave us closure and a sense of relief. It's a, it's a funny thing. I don't think that before this crisis, I had actually ever told my dad that I, that I loved him. I never said I love you. It's not that I didn't, although maybe there was times where I wasn't sure. But I just have always had a tough time saying it to anyone and even questioning whether or not I could say it to anyone. But I did. I got to tell him that before he passed on. Now that's something that I wouldn't have gotten to say. Say, Had it been a more sudden death, I wouldn't have gotten to that opportunity. If it was, say, a stroke, aneurysm. Hell, if he had deteriorated mentally and was still alive, I could say it, but it was saying it, it would have been saying it to deaf ears. And I will say, like, when I was younger, we had a pretty strained relationship. And it was, yeah, there was times that it was, it was pretty, pretty tough. And I didn't even want anything to do with him. But as I got older, I grew to accept it and forgive him for past transgressions. At the end of the day, I thought it was just sort of meaningless to hold on to any sort of anger. We did get to rehash it a little bit. And I did tell him that none of that even fucking matters anymore. Like, that's it's in the past. That was done. I forgave him years ago. And that was something that was a huge relief for me. I mean, I can't speak to everyone's family or what their situations are with them but sometimes to move forward for yourself or for them like just you can let shit go and move forward with it when it came time to the actual day of his death our family sat around downstairs with keith and we were actually going through all these old photo books that i hadn't I didn't even know existed, like seeing these baby pictures, seeing photos of family members, like his family, ours. It was, uh, I'd say it's nostalgia, but seeing as it's all for people I don't know, I think it's more just a, was interesting insight into, into his whole life up to a point. But yeah, 
we were doing that while we were waiting for the doctors and the nurses to come over to go through with the medically assisted death. At about 7 p.m., the doctor performing the procedure came down and set up for his final moments. For him, the medically assisted death was done through a series of four injections. The first and second were a local and then a general anesthetic. He was given a sedative. And then lastly, there was a neuromuscular blocker, which helped to slow and stop his heart. I can't remember exactly which one it was, but I believe just based on how the heart works, it could have either been either KCL or NACL, so potassium or sodium. But I think it was actually an acetylcholine blocker that, that eventually stopped his heart. When it happened, it was quick, it was peaceful, and it was incredibly sad. The room was flooded with emotions, everyone tearing up and quiet for a few moments. We had to process that our dad was gone, our father-in-law, or our ex-partner, our best friend was gone. But what came after that was some relief, some peace, well, at least for me. But I do think for everyone else. He was no longer suffering, and he chose to go out on his own terms. He got to decide that. Sure, he could have gone through multiple surgeries, stayed in hospital, gone through a bout of chemo, lived with a catheter and colostomy bag for what, extending a few months, maybe a year of suffering? That wouldn't be living. And I don't think that many people who have gone through something similar with a family member would even disagree. What is the point of being alive if you can't live and enjoy it. That's just existing. And that's... That's not... That's not life. After the funeral service took away the body, we went upstairs at his best friend Barb's home. She was giving Keith a place to stay, a comfortable place on the water where he could live comfortably in his last moments. And we genuinely all thank her for that. He stayed with her since the pandemic when he had initially planned on leaving Canada to go travel Vietnam and Laos and move there. But, well, COVID happened, so that didn't happen. And yeah, we got to have some drinks and toast in his honor. I was chosen to give a toast because Lord knows I like to talk. I can't remember exactly 
what I said during it. It was made up on the fly as I was put on the spot. But the gist of the toast was we all obviously know my dad pretty well. Us around here. He's had a big impact on our lives as well as others. He was a he was an eccentric man and we all knew that. His eccentricities rubbed off on people in a positive way. He was a man who growing up seemed to just know everything. He loved to read facts, history about the world, things about science. You could pretty much ask him any question growing up and he would have an answer for you. He was a man who loved to learn. Now, granted I learned later after studying biology and chemistry and learning how to read scientific articles that uh, maybe some of his answers were kind of bullshit. He was a lawyer after all. He was not exactly someone who was trained in reading scientific articles for their for their merit, but usually he was pretty still on the mark. And it was it was something crazy that we got to see so many people come in and out. It was a revolving door of friends, clients, ex-students, family, all coming to see him over this two-week span after he had decided for this medically assisted death. He touched a lot of people's lives, it looked like. A lot of people, I don't even know who they are. Like, recognize two, three, four of them, maybe. When talking, he he showed some regrets that he, he didn't get to change the world. And maybe he didn't in the this grand change that he was looking for. But on a small scale, it looks like he, he really did. He impacted a lot of people's lives. So he did he did change the world a little bit. He changed all of our worlds. Here's to Keith. I don't really know what else to talk about today, so I might just cut it at this. I do want to say, first of all, fuck cancer. Something that I will be doing in honor of my dad is on November 1st, I will be donating to the Movember Foundation. However, I will also be taking donations, but this is uh, something I'm both excited for and absolutely dreading. This year, I'm doing it a little bit different. I'm not just growing the mustache. I'm actually going to be shaving off my glorious beard and all my hair, which, uh, yeah, I am excited for the donations, but God, I'm not excited to to see what I look like for uh, a month or two. I'm thinking I'm going to look like a paler Mr. Potato Head or like an egg with a mustache glued on or something. 
So please just send money. Like, so I don't, I think that's going to be worse fate than cancer, seeing me bald. I don't know what my head looks like. Now, the next podcast will be going back to the standard format, I hope. So don't worry, more cocktails and conversations with medical professionals are to come. I'm still planning the next one for August, although there could be a break after September as I'm going to be taking a much-needed holiday throughout August and some of September. Now, did you like what you heard today? Well, it's too bad because I'm not going to do this again, or at least I really hope I'm not going to do this again. But if you did like what you heard and you do want to get involved or even join in as a guest on the show, please do like, share, and check out newdoc.me for more content and to join the community. That's the website where currently I just mainly write medical blogs and update people on the podcast, although subscribe and stay tuned for some big things that are to come. Thank you for listening. Peace. Ooh.